I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. In this talk, we continue our four-week teaching series, What Lies Beneath, and dive straight into Jonah chapter 3. See, shame doesn't have to keep us from living a life of real significance, and this is demonstrated so well in Jonah chapter 3. God uses him in a powerful way, and despite Jonah's shame, he finds and discovers real significance in his life. Father, we're thankful for today and for this chance to look at a significant piece of scripture that has something to say to us today. God, we've walked through chapter one and chapter two, and you're doing some unique things in Jonah's life. And I pray that today you'd show us exactly what you want us to hear, and that we would listen and we would be awake and we would be ready to respond. God, I thank you so much for what's been happening all week long here at Valley Point as many have made the choice to go serve and love others and do simple, practical things that make a difference. As we continue that today and still have a few events in the next few days, I pray that you'd use all of this to help us make an impact right here where you have placed us. God, this is what you asked Jonah to do. You asked him to make a difference in a particular city and in a particular location. And I pray that you'd help us to be open to that too. God, challenge us today. I pray that we would leave here different than when we walked in. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's our big idea for today. And that is shame doesn't have to keep us from living a life of real significance. It doesn't. Shame does not have to keep us from living a life of real significance. It seems like it does a lot of the time, but we don't have to let the stuff in our past and the things that we want to hide and push away and hope that nobody discovers keep us from living a life of significance today. We don't have to let that happen. We're going to unpack Jonah chapter 3 today. But before we read the words that are found there, I want to just walk back through chapter 1 and chapter 2 so that we can remember what's been happening in the life of Jonah. Chapter 1 is amazing because in that chapter, God comes to a man named Jonah. And he says, Jonah, I've got a job for you. I want you to go to the city of Nineveh. And when you get there, I want you to deliver a very important message Because they need to change. This city is not making me happy. Go to Nineveh. And Jonah said, no. I do not want to go to Nineveh at all. I don't like that city. I don't like those people. No, no, no. I'm not going to Nineveh. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go completely the opposite way. I'm going to go to the port of Joppa. And when I get there, I'm going to hop on a ship that will take me even further away from Nineveh. So in chapter 1, God says, go to Nineveh. Jonah says, no, I'm not going there. I'm going to Joppa. So Jonah takes off to the port of Joppa. He hops on a ship that does its best impression of the Titanic. But it doesn't sink completely. But the people on the ship realize we've got a problem, and we think it's you, Jonah. You're doing something that's not making God very happy. And Jonah's like, it's me. Not afraid to admit it. I'm a loser, and I don't like my life. As a matter of fact, I'd like to end it right here. Today is my day to just end all of this. Throw me into the sea. 
And so they pick up Jonah and they threw him into the sea and the storm stopped. But God prepared a big fish to swallow Jonah. And so the fish comes, eats up Jonah, but he doesn't die. That's chapter one. In chapter two, we find Jonah inside the big fish and Jonah begins to pray. Because what else do you do when you're inside of another living being, right? You just start praying because that's kind of a weird experience. And God heard, God saw Jonah, God rescued. And at the end of chapter two, the big fish spits Jonah out onto the beach. And now we find ourselves in chapter three. What's Jonah going to do now? I'd like to read through all of chapter three and out of respect for God and his word, I'd like to invite you to stand with me as we read through this chapter. Verse one says, then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message that I have given to you. This time, Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. It was a large city and it took three days to get through all of the city and its outlying suburbs, a big place. Verse four. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now and Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God's message and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. And when the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. And all of this reflected his attitude of humility. He knew that God was serious about what he had said. And he knew that he as a king needed to be serious as well and lead his people in this. Verse seven, then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. Then verse 10, when God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, He changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction that he had threatened. You may be seated. I love the book of Jonah. It is bizarre. I mean, it just hangs out on the fringes of insanity. And when you walk through these chapters and you read these different events and you discover what Jonah was involved in, you kind of see yourself in every chapter and in every story. I know I at least do. And you can almost picture Jonah here. He's out of the fish. He's cleaned up. He's showered. He's feeling pretty good about himself. He's even had a great conversation with God. A conversation that was honest and transparent and authentic. And he has survived. Jonah is a survivor. He's out of the fish. 
no more death wishes, no more seaweed wrapped around his head. It's just Jonah and an open road in front of him. What's Jonah going to do with this new opportunity? Well, chapter 3 begins, and God comes a second time to Jonah. And he says, Jonah, do you remember the whole city of Nineveh? Remember that place? Yeah, I still want you to go there. And I still want you to deliver this message of change. This is really important to me. And verse 3 comes along, and we almost skip over it like it's no big deal. We just fly right by verse 3. But verse 3 is significant because it tells us this. This time, Jonah obeyed God and he went to the city of Nineveh. So this time it's different. This time, Jonah said, all right, I'll do what God wants me to do. And this is amazing because think about it for just a moment. Jonah's an individual who's failed. Jonah's an individual who turned his back on God and went the opposite way. He's somebody who said no to God. Jonah is a person who fumbled the ball at a key moment in the game. He should have been filled with so much shame that he didn't want to go to Nineveh at all. But that's not what happens here because shame doesn't have to keep us from living a life of real significance today. It doesn't. I've got three takeaways I want to share from Jonah chapter 3. Here's number one. God gives second chances. It's what he does. God gives second chances all of the time. And if there's anything we learn from the life of Jonah, it's that after the failure, God's there. I mean, in that very moment, when we've walked away and we've done the wrong thing, in that moment of failure, God is right there. And he still loves and he still cares and he still picks us up and he still uses us because God gives second chances. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been given a second chance? Has that ever happened to you? Maybe it's a second chance in a key relationship in your life that maybe didn't go so well, but yet you were given that second chance to make it work. Maybe it's a second chance at work, and there's just something that happened there, but somebody came along and said, all right, it's going to be okay. Try this again. Maybe it's a second chance with God himself. And we've kind of done the Jonah thing and we've run and yet God says, I will give you a second chance. See, this is what we know about God. When you walk through scripture, you find chance after chance after chance after chance. He is always extending second chances to people who completely failed him. He does it all of the time. I think the real issue is, what will you do with the second chances that God gives to you. Because he offers them all of the time. What will you do with that second chance when it's dropped right in your lap? God gives second chances. Here's the second takeaway. Expand the circle of mist. M-I-S-S-E-D, not M-I-S-T, 
So we're talking about expanding the circle of people who potentially could miss us. Now, here's what that means. Everybody is capable of being missed. That's true for you, and that's true for me. If you didn't show up in some place in your life, who would miss you? If you didn't show up at work, would they miss your leadership or your instruction or your hard work or your innovative ideas? If you didn't show up at home, would they miss your love, your compassion, your discipline, or a great smile? If you didn't show up at school, who would miss you? Here's a question I ask myself all of the time. If Valley Point Church were to just disappear, like it didn't exist anymore at all, would the communities around us notice? I mean, would they say, what happened to that church? See, here's the reality. If we just got up and left as a church or as individuals, somebody would miss us. So the question is not whether we're capable of being missed, because we know that to be true. The real question is, are we willing to be missed by a larger group of people? Expand the circle of mist. This is what God wanted Jonah to do. He said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. There are people there that need the message you're going to deliver. And you can expand your circle. And Jonah said no. Here's what I believe. I believe that God wants every person in this room, no matter how extroverted you are or how introverted you are, to expand your circle of mist. Because God is crazy about people. And he wants everybody to come into a forever friendship with him. And the best part of all is that we get the opportunity to be involved in this. He actually wants to use us. And that's why he pushed Jonah. And that's why he wants to push us to expand this circle. Because if we have Christ in us, if we have trusted in him alone to save us, if we have embraced his leadership and his forgiveness, then we need to be giving that away. Think about this for a moment. What if Jonah doesn't go? Like if God comes to him a second time and Jonah still says, I'm out. I'm not doing this. No way. And I get that God is big and he'd work it all out. But what if Jonah doesn't do this? What happens to Jonah? What happens to the city of Nineveh? Expand the circle. Throughout this week, there have been a lot of different people here at Valley Point who have made that very choice. And many of you have gone out and you've done simple, practical things. And in the process of doing that, you've expanded the circle of people who would miss us in this community. And I think God loves that. I think God loves this stuff. I got a letter this week from somebody who was impacted by a Love Week event. It was the lunch at Hilltop Elementary in Upper Chichester. And we had a group that went there and we fed the staff and they were shocked and loved it. It was great food for them. And I got this note back and said, thank you so much for the wonderful lunch yesterday. 
And there was a whole thread on Facebook where people were commenting on this. And the teachers were like, it was crazy. It was wonderful. We loved it. The staff has been thanking me and saying how much they appreciated it. And although I'd like to take the credit, I know that I can't. They just loved being served. Thanks again. And see, God uses stuff like that. God uses meatballs and pasta to expand the circle of mist. See, this is totally possible. And maybe God is just really pushing you and challenging you like what he did Jonah. You've got to get out there and you've got to do some things that expand the circle of people who would miss you because everybody here is capable of being missed. Here's takeaway number three. God is always, God is always, not sometimes, not most of the time. God is always ready to show compassion through us, which is incredible to think about. God is always ready to show compassion through you and me. We've got to take a step, but God is always ready to do this. I love verse 10. It's a great way to end this chapter. When God saw what they had done, speaking of the Ninevites, and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction that he had threatened. I mean, God changed his mind because of Jonah's simple act of delivering a message. People responded and God extended grace and mercy. He showed compassion through Jonah and he'll do the same through you and through me. I love this quote from an author who said, God delights to do the impossible and never more so than in turning people to him. This, not the episode of the sea monster, is the greatest miracle in the book. And it really is. Sometimes we get all excited about the fish and that's kind of a crazy thing that happened there. But the greatest event in the story is actually what happens here in chapter 3 where Jonah gets over himself. He obeys God. He expands the circle of mist. And God, all of a sudden, changes an entire city. This is thousands of people we're talking about here. It's not like just a few people decided to turn to God. The whole city did. Thousands of people. Because Jonah was obedient, expanded the circle, and God showed compassion through him. And if God can use Jonah, I mean, remember what he did? Remember what he was like? If God can use Jonah, then God can use us to transform neighborhoods and cities. God can use your life. God can use my life. And he actually wants to do that. He's looking for people. And he's looking for churches to do this through. And I think we need to be that group. Here's just a couple of thoughts before I pray. And that is, God gives second chances. He does. What are you going to do with the second chance that has been given to you? What are you going to do with that? Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Use it wisely. And expand the circle of mist. Because there are people who will miss you. Expand that circle. And the question there is, what intentional step will you take to do that soon? Because we can't wait for this. Can't push it off to 2012. We need to think about this today. What intentional step will I take to expand this circle? 
And then God is always ready to show compassion through people. He is always ready. Will you open yourself to that? Father, we're so thankful for just a few moments to look at this key chapter. And God, you say so much here. And there's so much that happens in the life of Jonah. And God, I pray that you would really use the words here to change us and to help us know that you can do amazing through us when we step toward you. When we take advantage of the second chances that are given to you. When we expand the circle of people who would miss us. And when we allow you to show compassion through us. God, I pray that you'd help us to be ready to do that. God, speak to us, challenge us. And again, may we walk out of here in a bit just ready to do whatever it is that you want for us. God, thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. And we give this day and we give this moment to you. Use us now, we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m.